And it is, it is truly a privilege and honor to be here on this last day, uh, last Sunday of the year and uh, last Sunday of the decade. You feel old? We're finished another decade. You know, I don't know. I, I, you know, do you uh, remember the first Sunday of the decade? I, I wouldn't know a month ago what, you know. Uh, but it is, uh, it is truly sometimes I think we need to realize that these significant dates are significant for purposes to deal with God. And I, I think the, the message that God gave me uh, for today, for this church, uh, my home church, that God is launching us into another decade, and he's launching us into another place, and it, and it does matter. It matters where we are, and uh, I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, <clears throat> I told the first service, and uh, wow, uh, Pastor and I were talking at the end of the, the first service, just the presence of God was so strong, and so I'm believing that it's just going to even get stronger in this service, amen? How many, how many you know, the second service is going to get a better dose than the first service, right? Come on, we're, we're going to dig in right now, and, and uh, uh, God's helping me preach, even though my Sooners got decimated and destroyed last night. Oh, that was tough. It was tough, uh, but we're going we're gonna to press through, but uh, God, is, uh, God is, is truly faithful, and, and it's, uh, uh, I know you see my, my wife all the time up here on, on the worship team, and I uh, uh, don't see me as much, but it's, it's not because uh, I'm not in church. I'm in church. I'm just somewhere around the globe, and uh, I, I just flew in for my last event uh, the Sunday before Christmas, and I was speaking out in Washington State in uh, a, a city called Sunnyside. How many would like to live in a place called Sunnyside? Uh, it is in the... Uh, the Yakima Valley of Southern Washington. It's really, uh, uh, I've been all over the state of Washington. The state of Washington is a beautiful, beautiful state, especially on the western side, the Seattle side, lots of mountains and trees and beauty. But in the, the southern part of Washington, it's uh, where a lot of the produce and a lot of the fruit that comes to the rest of the U.S. comes from that area. It's truly incredible. I was got in my rental car after landing there and started driving towards Sunnyside from the Pasco area, and there's nothing like seeing uh, acres and acres, a huge orchard full of red apple trees that are full of red apples. I mean, you have never seen anything like it until you've seen that. And it just made me grab my phone and do something, probably what I wasn't supposed to do, but start a video and a picture while I'm driving. But I was like, that's just too cool. So, uh, <clears throat> but I, when I, I, I was flying home from that weekend and it, it didn't go the way it was as planned. I was supposed to get home on Monday night. Uh, I didn't get home until Tuesday because the plane uh, that was coming to get us up in Washington, got broke in Denver, and they had to get another plane, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And uh, my life of time spent in airports and airplanes uh, will add up in the years at the end of my life. But uh, it was just as I was coming in on that last flight, Tuesday afternoon, and realizing that it was my 122nd flight of the year, over 116,000 miles I've flown in 2019, uh, realizing the faithfulness of God. And I looked out the window, which I'm rarely 
on a window seat anymore. I just prefer the aisle. Um, I don't want to be stuck in there and crammed in there and not have, I, I don't know why it feels like much more claustrophobic the older I get. Uh, but I happened to look out the window as I'm getting ready to land in Harrisburg Airport, and God just gave me a beautiful, beautiful picture uh, of a beautiful sunset with clouds above and clouds below and just a just framed in there. It was a beautiful orange sunset. It was just like God saying, you know what? Uh, well done this year. And I think God is wanting to say that to you. Well done. Well done. You, you press through, you push through some stuff, but you're in the house of God on the last Sunday of the year. So you know what? Go ahead and give yourself a hand clap because God is proud of you today. And your pastor just made mention of specifics of how God is using you. So, so sometimes, you know what? We need to take credit for growing and maturing. You, some of you have grown this year. Some of you went to another level. And so uh, thank you so much for, for praying for us, uh, supporting us. Uh, this church supports us in such a huge way. We uh, take huge steps of faith to go around the globe. Uh, I, <laughs> next week's uh, place I'm going to be speaking, the pastor it was like he was he reached out and he said I'm, I'm just worried about you know how much money do you need and all this and I said pastor I made a commitment 24 years ago when I started there was two commitments that I made to God and I've never went back on those I said number one I'll never ask for a certain amount of, uh, of offering and there's a lot of guys that do this is just how they do it and I will never ask that the event be a certain amount of people and I will go anywhere I don't care if there's five people ten people or ten thousand and and so it means the world to us to know that there are people that are supporting us and helping us. Uh, earlier this year, we did our 43rd Soccer Salvation Camp uh, in Ovaya, Chile. And I, I, I sometimes have this idea that maybe people don't think that a soccer ministry is really having an impact for the kingdom of God. But just in case you're thinking that, let me assure you that the, that the enemy doesn't think that. Because we had something happen this year that has never happened in 43 of these that we've held all over the world since 1999. One of our coaches that was a, a husband and wife from Santiago, Chile, took a week off of vacation, paid their own way, drove the five hours to Ovaya to be the coach of one of the teams. And they loved it. Every day he was, Ernesto was posting on his Facebook pictures of him with his kids, pictures with their the Soccer Salvation Camp t-shirt on, all the different things. It was so exciting. It was one of the most excited coaches we had that week. And um, the camp was was finished up, which we had a, 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 a uh, something happened that's never happened before that's been on my heart for a long time, but we were able to have a whole medical part to that. A whole medical team, medical doctors, dentists, and eye doctors came, volunteered, paid their own way, brought their all their stuff so we could minister to all the kids with the medical part as, for, as well as their parents and their siblings. And so we praise God for that. But after the camp was over, Ernesto and Carolina, his wife, they went home. And uh, the very next week, he was headed to work. He was going to ride his bicycle to work. And they have three sons, all grown. And uh, while he was riding his bike to work, uh, a guy that was high on drugs, driving a truck, uh, literally ran over Ernesto and killed him. It, it literally ran over his face. And his wife had to, after just days being out on a soccer field in Ovaya, Chile, loving kids to Jesus Christ. A few days later, she's having to go identify her husband in that condition. 
But how many knows that the enemy thinks he's accomplished something when he's done that? He thinks he's stopping something, but that was not the case. Because let me tell you what happened at Ernesto's funeral. At Ernesto's funeral, my friends, my connection to Chile that I've been working with for 20 years, they are pastors and missionaries. They walk in, and there's Carolina, Ernesto's wife. And she says to Italo and Sharon, my friends, she says, I want to introduce you to some friends of ours. They're pastors. There's pastors at a small little church that they started in Los Angeles, Chile, five years ago. A church sent them out and said, we're going to go with you. We're going to support you. We're going to be there for you. We're going to help you. But that church didn't do anything for them. For five long years, these, this couple felt like they were on the backside of a desert. Nobody knew where they were. Nobody was helping them. They felt like they were all alone. And all the week before, they were watching because they were friends with Carolina or Ernesto. And every time there was a posting on Facebook, they were so excited for what God was doing. And they just, they dared to believe that maybe one day they could have an event like that at their church, never realizing that God would make the connection at Ernesto's funeral with those two pastors coming together. And so in October of this year, I went back to Chile and I traveled to Los Angeles, Chile. And there I spoke and there we committed that we're going to do a soccer salvation camp, the 44th one there in Los Angeles, Chile this next year in 2020. How many knows God takes what the enemy intended for bad and turns it into something good. Amen. I continue to, to minister and reach out to Carolina. She's devastated. She's a devastated widow, but she's realizing that God is already using what the enemy intended for bad for something good. So thank you so much. We were in Portugal uh, last month. It, I'd never been to Portugal. It's my 56th country that I've been able to go to and was able to speak a conference there. And God is opening doors as a result of that. They want us to go to Angola where they have a mission and do a soccer salvation camp. There was another pastor that spoke at the conference. He has a pa He's a pastor of a church in uh, Spain. He wants me to come to Spain and speak. And so God is just doing some amazing things opening doors and so thank you for praying with us in 2020 we really count on that and thank you so very much I want you to stand for the reading of God's word and turn with me to Genesis chapter 37 Genesis chapter 37 verse 23 Genesis 37, verse 23. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the richly ornamented robe he was wearing. And they took him and threw him into the cistern. Father, I pray for these next few moments that you would impart in us the word, a word that would challenge us and stir us. God, I believe today, Lord, that you are launching us into a new decade, a new year with a new passion and a new opportunity. And so, Lord, we ask that for these next few moments that you would 
completely grab a hold of our attention and you will speak into our lives the very thing, the very word, the very truth that you want us to hear today. God, we count upon your Holy Spirit and we ask that the gifts of the Spirit would be in operation today. Holy Spirit, we need you. We desire you. We need your gifts. And we pray that the truth of the word of God would go forth and our lives would be challenged like never before. God, for this season that is in front of us is truly a critical season for the body of Christ. May we hear your heart today and respond to that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Uh, I know that this is one of the most uh, famous stories in all of the Bible, and, and God several years ago began to speak to me as an evangelist and he says I want you to seek me at the end of each year about a word to the body of Christ wherever you would travel I didn't do that all of these 24 years that I've been evangelist but for the last several years God has been giving me a word to the body of Christ for the next year and this is exactly what God is beginning to prepare and place together this message that I will share in 2020 wherever I travel across the U.S. And this is uh, the first time for me to share it today. And, and so I want you to realize that it matters that you're here today because God has something that he wants to lay as a foundation for this whole year that is in front of us. Uh, let's, let's jump into this moment that we're all very familiar with, with uh, the story of Joseph with all of his brothers. They were out there. Uh, they were taking care of the animals. They were, they were away from the home. And so uh, Joseph's father sends Joseph out to them one day. And him being like any good brother that has something to rub in the face of your brother or your sister, he was not going to miss the opportunity of wearing his special coat. You know, the coat is, is a huge part of the story. It's brought up because Joseph was wearing the coat that said, I am the special son to our father. Do any of you have a coat like this? No, you don't. How many have brothers and sisters? You know, you know do you remember those times growing up and some of you are still, you know, you still live with your brothers and sisters and you would never miss an opportunity to rub it in their face that you got something special, you know, uh, you know, uh, and, and I can just, I can just see that, that, that this is the mentality that, that the brothers took it in, even though maybe Joseph did not intend. I mean, it didn't matter that it was 90 degrees. I mean, he needed, it, it might get cold that night or something. It might need it for some purpose. You know, we might have a blizzard come in tonight, so I just got to wear my coat just to make sure. And, and, and the brothers, though, they, 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 were, they were not happy with Joseph. They did not like Joseph, and they saw an opportunity that we're going to get rid of this kid. We are tired of seeing him in his coat. And so the symbolism of this moment is what God began to speak to me about, is about when they took his coat off and they threw him in a pit. You see, the enemy wants to take those moments in our lives that are not fair, that we don't deserve, whatever that may be. Maybe it happened 20 years ago. Maybe it happened this year. There will be times in your life that there will be things that have the ability to change everything about your future. And the enemy wants to take these moments and he wants to discourage us in such a way 
and take away what is ours. And so you can see this moment of taking his coat, and what they did was they went and killed a goat, and then they dipped it into the blood, and then they took it back to the father. And they said, Dad, do you recognize this? Of course he recognized it. It was the special coat he gave to his son, Joseph. And they made it appear. Have you ever set your brother or sisters up? Did you ever go to the length of killing an animal and dipping something in blood? I mean, maybe something that appeared like blood, but it's not real blood, but they used really blood. They really killed an animal. They were setting this whole situation up. you got to understand that when you are a child of the Most High God, when you have a relationship with God, the enemy is going to come up with a plan to stop you. He's going to try to defeat you. He's going to try to come against you somehow, some way. And we have got to get to the mentality that Joseph was going to have to walk through a series and a season of time in his life that he could have spent his entire life always looking back, always wanting it to be like it was before. Can I tell you that there are things in our lives, whether you've been through a divorce, whether you've been through a tragedy, whether you've lost someone in a tragic death, whether you've went through disease, whether you've been uh, uh, bullied, whether you've been molested, whether you've been uh, uh, alone, no matter what it is, the enemy is going to try to impress upon you to always look and always want things to be back like it was before. But you have to understand that God is not limited by the way it was before. Because as good as that may be, it's not near as good as where God is taking you. You see, Joseph was thrown into the pit. Then he was sold to be a slave and taken to the country of Egypt. My family right now is going through a major transition. My twin sister that's a pharmacist in Oklahoma, please do not ask me after service if we're identical. You laugh, but I always have someone. I said sister, not brother. Well, but you, you know, look alike. No, we don't look alike. Boy, girl, different, don't look like even brothers and sisters. Uh, her husband is an engineer for a oil company called Slumberjay, and at 50 years old, their lives over the last few months have totally been uprooted because of the oil and gas market in the state of Oklahoma where he was based. It's now on the downward decline. And so they approached this 50-year-old, my brother-in-law, and said when they have uh, three of their four kids in college right now, they said, either you have to uh, quit, you have to walk away from this company, uh, because you cannot stay here and be an engineer for this company because we're not needing that now here in Oklahoma. You can quit or we're going to send you somewhere around the world. And so just a, a week ago, he got back on the 20th. He is going to be moving him alone. My sister has to stay back in Oklahoma because they need both incomes because of all the kids in college he is now going to be based in Cairo, Egypt, 
for the next year and a half. At 50 years old, that's a life change. Uh, it's amazing to me, like, he's, he's asking all these questions, and I said, I said to him, he said, hey, he said uh, man, we have, we have Egyptians that are in our church, so if you got questions, man, I, I'll, I'll get you the answer, and I, I'm, I'm thinking, how cool is that? How cool does God put things together that he connects us, and he's setting things up, and because what could be seen as a negative, God is saying, do you understand what I'm doing for you? Do you understand that when you were just Joseph, the brother, just with, just a brother with a special coat, that was the best that you thought it could be, but I know that it's not going to be fun going to the pits, and I know it's not going to be fun being fun taken to another country and as a slave, I know you're not going to like that, and I know you're not going to like being in a prison that you're going to be thrown into that you didn't deserve, but what I have planned for you is so much better than a special coat just from your father. I've got a regal robe of righteousness for you. I've got plans for you to be in a palace. You see, we could spend so much of our, our lives being upset and frustrated over what happened and what is happening and what is really coming against us, or we can realize that God can take these moments and he can set things up. What God has begun to show me is it matters where we are in 2020. And can I just encourage you? It matters that your family sees you in church. It matters. You may not think it matters if you miss. It, it, you may not think it matters if you make it to church every once in a blue moon you, or come and whenever you feel like it, but it matters. It matters to your wife. It matters to your child. It matters to your husband. It matters to your son. It matters to your daughter. It matters to your fellow church. It matters. It matters where we are. And I want, you, I, want, I want you to jump to that moment and where Joseph is sitting in the prison. All these years have went by. It's so unfair what's happened to him. It's so frustrating all that he's been through. And there he's rotting away in some prison. But he never lost sight of the fact that prisoner clothes is not my destiny. God did not do everything he's done in my life to set me up to live out my life in a prison. And I'm here to tell you today, you were not destined to be a prisoner of, of, of suicidal thoughts your whole life. You are not destined to be a prisoner to abuse, addiction. You are not destined to be a prisoner to your past. That is not who you are. That is not God, what he planned for your life. But he needs you to understand is, is that there is a day that's coming that he wants you to be ready and available to take off the prisoner clothes and to put on the robe of the royal palace. See, the royal palace is your palace of destiny. It's your place that God wants to use you. It matters where you end up. One time we were speaking out in Lubbock, Texas, and Sunday night service came along, and so my wife and I, we went to church, had a great service, came back at the end of church, realizing that a lady had driven her car into our hotel room. Out of the whole hotel, it was our room that she decides to drive into. How many knows it matters where you are? 
that whole situation would be totally different if we hadn't been in church. If I'd been in that room when it happened, I might not be here right now, okay? Heart attack, I don't know, something about scared, or somebody driving into your hotel while you're laying there on the bed, flipping channels, and, you know, everything could be different. You know, see, we have got to realize that where we are, it does matter, and where we are psychologically, spiritually, physically, mentally, it matters because of how God is setting things up. I, 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 want, you to, I want you to look at the things that began to take place because Joseph was saying, I'm going to take on the robe of the palace. So when Pharaoh sent for him, we can find that there are some certain things in chapter 41 that Pharaoh gave and did for him. 41, verse 41. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in a chariot as his second in command. And men shouted before him, Make way. Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. And he gave him something else. Gave him a wife. You know how many years he lay there in a prison cell? Slave years, thinking, I will never have the opportunity to have my own wife, to have my own children. And you know what I'm realizing more and more in the day is we need young men that are going to live out their lives for the kingdom of God so the young ladies in the houses of God will find men of God because it matters. It matters for women of God to find men of God. Come on, ladies. Can I get an amen? In the same way, we need women of God that say, you know what, I'm not going to put on the, 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 the coat of what the world wants because it matters, and I'm going to be that woman of God so our young men can find women of God to marry, and we can begin to start some new history in the body of Christ. We can start some new history in your child, in your lives, in your future. You see, we have a decision, and some of us want to stay in the prisoner clothes because that's who we've been, that's who we've went through. That's what we've dealt with. I, I'm reminded of my daughter. She has been sick every day of her life. She has been sick even before she was born. Every day of her life, she has had to deal with, even when she was in the mother, her mother's womb, before she was even born, she was sick because she has a rare and curable disease. She has tumors in her brain, so many they can't even count them all. And yet, you will never find anyone that hates being sick more than Taylor does. In fact, her reputation is she doesn't want anybody ever to think that she's sick. She could have lost her throat. She could be dealing with a fever, but she is not going to let you think that she's sick because she doesn't want to miss out on anything. She, she's, she's afraid that she's going to miss out on something fun. So she does not walk around going, I'm, a, I'm someone that was 
diagnose and live with an incurable disease. You know what her reputation is this past year? God began to speak something in her heart, and she says, I know it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. That have been special needs my entire life. It's not fair that kids at school would, would call her retarded. It wasn't fair. No, it would be very easy to always live in that kind of mentality and take on that prisoner clothes and say, you know, that's who I am. But Taylor says, I'm a child of the most high God and my God is my healer, my deliverer. And so she started painting pictures and she puts and writes scriptures with every picture. And every day when she goes to church, she finds people to hand those to and to be a blessing to. And she's speaking into their lives. That's the kind of thing that God is saying. We've got to realize that it's, it's, it's not the prisoner clothes of who you are destined to be. It is the robe of the palace. It matters. Do you understand, Joseph, if he would have just stayed the prisoner when Pharaoh sent for him? The Pharaoh, Pharaoh the palace wants me. No, I'm, I'm just this prisoner from another country that was wrongly accused. That's not what he did. You know why that's important? Is if Joseph wouldn't have moved to the palace, it would have sealed the destiny and death of the children of Israel. Twelve tribes of Israel are his brothers. His father is Israel. Entire History would have been changed. And you say, you don't understand, Ron. I'm no Joseph. Yes, you are. Because in the same way, we can look at all the things that are wrong and all the things that are not fair. And we can continue to want them the way they were before. But it will never be like it was before. And you can spend your entire life always wanting it to be before the divorce, before I was abused, before I was neglected, before I was a, 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 a addicted, before I was diagnosed with the disease, before, before. But the reality is, is God saying, as the best as the best of the past is, I want you to see something in the future. I I've got a wife for you. I've got a destiny for you. And wow, did God show up when he realized that I'm taking on something new because what we find once that God gave him his wife, then in chapter 41, verse 51, it says, Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh. And that means it is because God has made me forget all my trouble in all my father's household. Do you understand what he was saying? He was saying, I'm not going to focus on the fact that I was a prisoner. I'm not going to focus on the fact that I was a slave. I'm not going to focus on the fact that my brothers hated me so much that they wanted to kill me. What I'm going to focus on is that my God has blessed me with a son, and his name is going to declare every day that I let go of the prisoner clothes, and I took on the robe of my righteousness, of my purity, of my palace destiny for my life. He has made me forget all my trouble. What he was saying about forgetting his father's household, it wasn't like, no, they're not my family. What he was saying is, is he could have spent all his life in that prison 
thinking about wanting to get back. When God's saying, I'm wanting you to get forward. I don't want you to continue to think about your wife leaving you. What I want you to know is if you can look forward, I've got someone that will love you and will go with you. I've got something greater for you. I don't want you to look at it like it was before you got cancer. I want you to look at what God's going to do in spite of cancer. In spite of being abused and rejected and neglected. Every time I share uh, the part of the testimony that started this whole walk as an evangelist that God spoke to me and many times I've, I've, sh I've shared it sitting next to someone in an airplane I shared it a lot of times just one-on-one -on -one, not always in a church setting but a lot of times I'm sharing it to people that are not Christ followers they're not Christians they're not in church and they always kind of find it um, intriguing that I would share something to a perfect stranger, something as intimate and detailed as when I was a little boy, I was molested by two different men, and the two different men were from our church. You know what their response is? So many times. And you're a minister? You're a Christian? It was the church that hurt you, and yet, it's not, the, it's not my choice. I would have never chosen that path, trust me. None of us would have chosen the prison years, the pain, the suicidal thoughts, the depression, the addiction, the thing that you wake up every morning that wages wars against you. But the fact of the matter is, is that that is not who you were destined to be. You are destined to be that person that God puts in that place, a palace. And I'm going to take you from being in a prison cell. And I'm going to put you in a chariot. And I'm going to put a gold necklace around you. I'm going to put you in brand new clothes. They're going to bring you the best of the best. And I've got a future for you. But it's bigger than that. It's bigger than what I'm going to do for you. It's what you are going to do 2020 needs you to be ready to step into your palace I said 2020 needs you to quit looking back, quit looking back, quit looking at all the things that are not right and are not fair, and you're in the prison, and it's not fair, it's not right. I wish it could go back the way it was before. You know what? We can spend our entire life missing out on the destiny that God has. His second son, he named Ephraim, means it is because God has made me fruitful. In the land of my sufferings. Come on, somebody say amen for that. I said, it is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. I would not have the ministry I have today if I didn't have the prisoner clothes of Lodge of tragedies in my life. Just like Joseph. I would have never chosen to be a minister, have a wife of 13 and a half years that 
looks at me one day and says, I've never loved you. You've done nothing wrong. You've been nothing but a loving, caring husband and father. But because of what my father did to me, I don't want to be married. I don't want to be married, not just to you. I don't want to be married because I can't love and I can't be loved. While I'm fighting cancer and the cancer spread, that's the conversation I had with my wife. She walked away. Could have spent the rest of my life looking back, hoping, wishing it could be different. There will be moments and times in our lives that we go through things that God says it's way too valuable to waste. It's way too valuable to waste. It will not be wasted pain. It will not be wasted years. And that is the word for someone here right now. It will not be wasted years. Your years that you spent in prison, that addiction, that bondage, that depression, the suicidal thoughts, the things that you've went through, it will not be wasted years. There is coming a day, and in 2020, God needs us to care about where we are. He needs you. Your spouse needs you. Your children need you. Your future needs you. Your destiny needs you to step out of that prison cell and say, man, I've been waiting for this day. I've been anticipating this day. You see, there was something about inside of Joseph that says, you know what? They've kept me in a prison, but that's not who I am. I'm a child of the most high God, and that is who I am. God has kept me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Come on, church. It will not be wasted pain. It will not be wasted years. It will not be wasted experience. It will not be wasted abuse that you went through because God is bigger than that. He's able to take it, and he's able to say in one day, I'm taking you from the palace, I mean from the prison, into the palace. Come on, how many want to get out of the prison into the palace? in one day. Come on. How many want that chariot, that regal robes, that gold necklace around your neck, that spouse that you've been praying for, you've been believing for, that you've been hurt for, that you've wept for and you cried for and you sought God for, you've prayed. God is not going to allow this to be wasted years. God is, is speaking into our lives. He is preparing us for this time and this moment. And as we realize that the enemy wants to deceive us, it wasn't Joseph's blood. It wasn't Joseph's blood on his coat. The enemy's been trying to deceive someone, and you've been convinced that it was what the enemy was telling you. The enemy was telling Joseph's father, leading him to believe that Joseph was dead, but Joseph was not dead. And that is the rhema word for someone that you're getting your victory right now. Come on, everybody, stand with me if you would, please. Right now, God is going to transfer somebody. He's going to transfer you from the prison cell into the palace because what the enemy has been lying to you about and deceiving you. He's been telling you, you will live with this the rest of your life. You will do the same thing. You will live out your life always going back to that same addiction. You will always go back to that same sin. You will always go back to that depression, that suicidal thought. I'm here to tell you, it's goat's blood. It's not Joseph's blood. It's not your blood. It's God's blood. And his blood has wiped away all of our past. 
all of our pain. You see, we think it's so easy for Joseph that day to, to think that, well, who, who wouldn't leave a prison to be able to go to the palace? see something happens after so many years of being beaten down and living outside the, the blessing and the, the promises of God. The enemy begins to wear down, begins to deceive you, begins to lie to you. But I'm here to tell you there, is, there has been a DNA testing and it is not your blood to be destined to die. It is not. It is not destined for your marriage to to die. It is not destiny for your child to die. It is not destiny for your grandchild to run away from God. It is not destiny because it matters where you're going to be in 2020. It matters to your marriage. It matters to your children. It matters to the future generations of your family. Will you be the one that says in 2020, it matters. It matters. I'm taking off my prisoner coat. I'm not going to turn back to that anymore. I'm not looking back. I'm not going to try to make it back to where I was before. I'm not going to think about if it was that way it was before if only it could be like it was before no I'm looking to something that is far greater something that is far grander something that is far more powerful I'm looking to where God's taking me it matters in 2020 where we are